From the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown, Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs. Number one. Welcome to the DJ Podcast. Robert Reynolds here. As always, Juan Daniels as well. A lot to talk about. First things, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Huge win, dominating win over Auburn. 34. Also, close to prediction here from Friday. 31-10 was my prediction. Um, Juan, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, are you just talking about just on the game in general? Yes. Yeah. So, so listen, we went into a very, very tough environment. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was tough. I mean, I know it makes a lot of people nervous playing uh, in, in Jordan Hare. Man, we came out and just absolutely just, just bombed them. I mean, it, it it was it was an awesome awesome great game. I was looking forward to it, and you know the cool thing about it to me was Georgia goes onto the road, dominates, like you said. So you know from that, there's a lot to take away with what Georgia is able to do, and you know looking at guys like on, <clears throat> sorry, might be a uh, technical difficulty with some echoes. It seems like they're letting us know. Um, you know, one of the things I really think about the game, there we go. We're getting better there. All right. Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell, you know, stepping up for a depleted wide receiver core. You know, Lad McConkey just balled the hell out, right? Uh, Brock Bowers looked good with a nice catch. But we were, again, able to sit here and dominate the run game, uh, especially in the second half when people knew it was coming. This offensive line is clicking, they're gelling, and it's just getting to that situation where who's going to stop Georgia outside of Georgia? Yeah, you're right. I mean, right now they're in the driver's seat. Um, they, you know, they, they completely just dominated Auburn. Auburn did, you know, they, they did a great job of moving the ball up and down the field just a little bit. But you know what? We just kind of exerted, you know, and, and, and you know, just kind of just did what we were doing best. Um you know, it was, uh, you know, a, a completely dominant uh, defensive performance offensively. Uh, Stetson Bennett goes out there and just does Stetson Bennett things. Uh, leads Georgia to, you know, a 34-point um, offensive output. Uh, it, it, it was awesome. And and right now, again, you know, what, what was one of the things, too, we wanted to establish the run game. We did a great job running the ball. Um, I'm pretty excited about what uh, what our young guys are doing, McConkie. Uh, Bowers, you know, just going out there playing some great football. Uh, I, I'm excited about what 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 George is actually doing right now, we're, and we're dominating like we're supposed to. And obviously, after Bama goes down, which we'll talk about in a little bit more here later, uh, you know, Bama goes down. Talk to, to Bama boy. <laughs> Ooh, let's see if G Bama pops up in the in, in the brigade yeah. today. But nonetheless, look, you know, nonetheless, Georgia moves, ascends up to number one, you know, obviously leading up to this for the past several weeks. You know, there was really an argument that could be made for Georgia being number one while keeping Alabama there right through the AP polls. That is no longer the question. Georgia is unanimous number one, uh, you know, and obviously we just talked a little bit about 
uh, Auburn. But I do want to give our game balls out right here, right? Want to give out our game ball. First things first, my game ball is going to Lad McConkey. Um, you know, look, like I said, depleted without J uh, Jermaine Burton. You know, a lot of receivers were out, and my man had a deep ball or a couple deep ball catches, uh, one for 46 that he almost scored, and then the actual score, uh, you know, great, great play from uh, Lab McConkey. And he's really asserting himself as as a name that the nation is going to start having to pay attention to, uh, and obviously opponents that Georgia's about to be facing, you know, and obviously, you know, stepping up. And obviously, you know, just looking at that right there, you know, Georgia is sitting there able to take shots and connect. You know, he has to give my game ball. If you had to give a game ball, who are you giving it to, Juan? I'm giving it to Stetson Bennett. I, 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 I'm buying into what Stetson is doing. So here, here we have two games. We have the, the, the big-time Arkansas game, right? And, and you don't have a JT Daniels. And so who's going to be the next man up? It was Stetson Bennett. Now we've got Auburn playing in Jordan-Hare. Uh, that it's always a tough place to play. Auburn has a pretty good defense. You know, you got Bo Nix who can be hot or cold. You never know what you're going to get, but in, in a hostile environment. And Stetson Bennett, he steps up. And 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 so right now, he, he gets the game ball. He is doing a great job from a leadership standpoint of saying, listen, hey, guys, uh, I, I'm responsible for putting points on the board, 34 points against a good Auburn team, 37 points against a good Arkansas team. Um, I, I love what he's doing, and I just love the way that he's he's taking ownership uh, of this football team. Yeah, obviously, looking at JT, you know, there, I saw there was a, a controversy getting brewed up, you know, whether in the national media really, uh, you know, trying to de debate why, why pull Stetson, right? Ultimately, I think this is still JT's team. Just having – you know, Stetson as a backup that can go out here and, and do what we're doing is just showing that you have an uncommon type problem, right? It's a great problem to have, right? But Kirby's going to put these guys, whoever whoever starts quarterback, he has the mentality to go out there and win a game. And it doesn't matter who, you know, if, if JT's 100% healthy, I expect him to go. You know, Stetson has done astronomically higher, uh, you know, exceeded expectations you know, than what we thought, right? Like, especially with the lack of, you know, with the injuries that we've seen, you know, not a lot of receiver depth. Look, in years past, this is a problem that haunts Georgia. You know, and you may lose the Auburn game in years past. Didn't happen. Still going up there and dominating, even with a backup quarterback. And that, that's the reason why Georgia is number one. Uh, before we do this, you know, I want to go to the brigade here, right? I want to go to the brigade and read some of these comments here. Uh, call on Tyrone. Uh, Hello, Tyrone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, buddy. If you know, if you know, if you know, you know. Uh, saying that Lad has been big this year, and, and I have to agree. You know, obviously taking over for Kiaris in the slot, uh, and then obviously taking over as a huge role against Auburn. Uh, you know, it's kind of similar to what Brock Bowers has done. Emerges as a true freshman or redshirt. I think redshirt freshman for Lad now, um, but nonetheless, huge breakout year, right? Inexperience doesn't matter. Uh, going out and, and really, I'm telling you right now. This kid's double move is insane. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. He he did the fake out and up. My man was my man looked like he was at New York in December. <laughs> ice skate, man. That's what it looked like to me. Um, right. You know, and as a receiver yourself, you know, I think this is perfect example of a mixture of speed and route running ability. And I think he, you know, running a hundred percent effort kind of allowed that to happen because if you you know what I'm talking about. If you sit there, if you go 100% every play, the cornerback the that's going against you has no idea if you're trying to sell everything 100%. He sold that out perfectly 
like I said, that right there is a testament to him, you know, putting it, putting 100% effort every play. You know, what were your thoughts on our receiver? I know AD scored as well, uh, you know, three-yard three yard pass with another double move to sit there and put the cornerback uh, on his – basically awesome, right? What were your thoughts on the receivers and, and their double moves? Well, well, just just that move alone that you saw on the goal line where he's actually, you know, he sets the guy up, he goes in there for a slant, then he just pivots out and does like a little out route was just awesome. Um, also to McConkey, man, he really, really, really stepped up. I mean, he did some did, did some great things. Um, and 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 just like you said, you know, re- receivers running great routes. Um, and 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 nowadays it doesn't really matter. No matter the speed, um, you, you may know of a guy. His name is Brian Bohan, and he's the head coach of uh, of Kennesaw State. Uh, he was a receiver back when I was there. wasn't the fastest guy, but his route running ability was absolutely amazing. Um, and he did a great job running routes. But, you know, he's just wide open. Now you're starting to see the evolution of the wide receiver. So, and then that started with the Jordan Jeffersons at Alabama, and the and and you know the the uh, other guys that you would have at my um, at Alabama. And so uh, receivers are starting to run great routes. You're seeing that with Georgia. Before, you never really saw that Georgia receiver running great routes and just doing great things. They make it very easy for Stetson Bennett, and that's what our receiving core has actually been doing. And they're going to have to continue to do that and continue to prove each and every week so that we, at the end of the day, we can ring that championship bell. Absolutely. You know, and obviously, you know, take taking what we've got from the receivers, right, having Darno back, I don't know if you saw this, and I know it was an incompletion, but it showed me just how much of a mismatch it is. Darnell down the sideline, literally mossed the one one hand. One handed, one handed. That was awesome. Obviously, the, obviously did not catch it. But my man, he also got draped like a curtain. Yeah. Like I was like a curtain on him. So Definitely pass interference. That right there yeah. just shows you. Oh yeah, it was easy. You know, but it shows you just how crucial his size is, right? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll transition to this because we just brought up a tight end. I think it's, I think it's, un, you know, I think it's common knowledge at this point that there's a reason why the chain is out. And everybody that doesn't know, if you're listening, four-star Oscar Delp, tight end from West Forsyth, great-looking prospect. I think there's a lot of comparison to uh, Brock Bowers, which is just downright scary, if you ask me. Uh, obviously committed last night, commits to the, uh, the good guys over South Carolina, Michigan, and Clemson. Uh, you know, look, I don't think it was even close. If, if you watch this commitment, he was so re- – he sped through the commitment, the speech, grabbed the Georgia hat as quick as he could, put it on, heard the go dogs. To me, it was just a long time coming. And, and you know, obviously, bolsters a, a already ridiculous tight end room, right? You know, so what are your thoughts on having – Right. What what is the potential? What are your thoughts on having Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers now Oscar Delp in that tight end room for next year? I I, I tell you what, it, it's going to be probably one of the most explosive tight end rooms, and, and and the only other place that you can think of that has amazing tight ends like that is going to be your Ohio State's. You know how they just dominated Clemson with their tight end game, and then of course you look at the Stanford's, who you know they just produce tight ends, you know big time tight ends. I've had an opportunity to see Oscar Delp play in person, uh, and he was very dominant. Not only was he just on the line, but he also can you know uh, can, can you know. Be 
be unattached and play in the slot. And he runs just like a wide receiver. He's going to remind you of that of that Oscar Delp type type player. I'm not sorry, not Oscar Delp, but the Brock Bowers type player. He's got the speed. He's got the physicality um, that he has. And I also saw him in a, in, in a rivals camp. So my my son had the opportunity to throw him some passes. And when I tell you the moves and the things that he was doing was just absolutely amazing. So you can best believe Kirby was excited, but you also best believe uh, Kirby had he, he took his helicopter trip over there to West Forsyth. He landed that helicopter down on the field and went there and talked to that young man and was pretty much excited uh, just to even just have the opportunity. And of course, I love seeing on Twitter when, when we get that great, uh, that big time recruit and you see Kirby just put go dogs. Yeah. The, 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 the tweet, right. The go dogs tweet is always fun to, you know, just to see. Right. Uh, but you know, Tyrone here says, you know, when you see what Brock is doing, how could you not want to come here? And I think he actually mentioned that in his interview after, uh, after his commit or commitment announcement, and it makes too much sense. You know, like everybody knew that, you know, it was South Carolina and it was publicized, right? Delp won and things like that. But when, when Georgia sits there and they used Brock Bowers, like you have seen, I think that was a, the nail in the coffin that he was coming to Georgia. And it, like I said, it wasn't even close. And yeah. Facebook user also shows the, you know, the Kirby copter. So look, that thing, that thing has an aura over it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and here, here, here's the other part too, is now that you get a, 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 an Oscar Delp, you know, now those, 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 those uh, chants for Manning, you know, for Arch Manning, man, like, you know, for, for Arch, think about Arch Manning, what you have, you're basically coming into a gold mine. So hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll help sway and, and, and get him to come to Georgia uh, as well. But I love how, yeah, the Facebook user using the helicopter, like you said, that or everybody knows, you know, cause you know, I, I, I've been at Buford when he landed on the, on the field with that helicopter and, you know, you know, when he comes in there into town, he means business and there's somebody he's going after. And I, I know he did that for Dell. Uh, you have to, right? But let, let's, you know, if I can go back, I'm going to give a game ball to Todd Hartley. Like, oh, yeah. Just think of all the, the tight end. Like, he doesn't go for many people, right? He doesn't recruit maybe one, two guys. But by God, he gets everyone he he wants. And, you know, not even just Delp now, but you also have to remember 2023, you know, Pierce Sperlin's already in the fold for that class. And, you know, they're still looking at, uh, Lost and Lucky, which is another good tight end prospect. So, right, you know, the, the, you know, obviously replacing Bowers and Darnell probably, but you know, look, that's you have to, get, you better keep him on staff because he's an elite recruiter uh, and really looking to change Georgia to make it a, a tight end university. Teu, absolutely, and you know, you think about Lost and Lucky. You know, uh, his father played at Georgia. You know, he was one of the triplets that you know came. Um, uh, I'm in at Georgia and played actually my, my senior year was their freshman year coming in. And uh, so, you know, just the, the lineage is there. So there's a great chance that Lawson Lucky is going to look and say, man, I want to be a part of something that's going on. Munkin does an, an unbelievable job of using the talent that he has around him. Because if you think about it, uh, we, we, we've had a lot of injuries and we don't have the big names right now, like the Pickens and like the, like the Eric Gilberts or all those big guys, but who, who he has in there, he turns them into stars. He makes them stars. And again, no one would hurt, hurt necessarily heard a lot about uh, Brock Bowers before this year or McConkie before, before this year, again, you, we go back all the way back to the scholarship with, with, you know, with Jalen Johnson and all of a sudden he's in a big time games, you know, playing in a top five matchup, getting the football. So he's doing a great job with what he has and also using those backs as well. And Hey, he's making a great player out of Stetson Bennett. I absolutely love it. 
Yeah, I think you're starting to see, you know, Todd Munkin really, you know, open up. And, you know, we this is kind of the expectation we had, right, having a potent offense. You know, I love the balance that you see. You know, everybody kind of had these expectations of just, you know, going out and just throwing 100, game, 100 times a game. You know, that's kind of unrealistic. Seeing the seeing the balance, right? I think you know having the plethora of running backs that you have, utilizing all of them to their strengths. Uh, you know, obviously receivers stepping up when they're down, waiting for guys to come back. Then you sit there and get guys easing them in rather than having to sit there and hope that they get healthy and and just make an immediate impact. Like that, that's another reason why Georgia's number one. Uh, yeah, which is a perfect transition here to some statistics for the first half of the season that I want to bring up. Uh, I'm going to let people see it here. Look, I'm a, if, if for those listening on podcasts, things like that, look, through through six games, Georgia is first in the nation allowing 5.5 points per game on average. It's insane. I, I don't think – I think the next closest is 12 points a game. I don't know if I've ever seen a stat like this through a first half of a season ever. Um, and obviously on offense, you're looking almost 40 points a game on average, which is uh, best uh, tie or 12th in the nation. Sorry, that combination right there is just just a testament to complete domination. That Georgia uh, is just just dominating defensively and offensively, being efficient. With those stats alone, what are your thoughts? Hey, that that that's what national championship teams are made of. Like that's when, and when you sit there and look at those, those are what you're normally used to seeing with the Alabamas of the world, or even back then when, you know, when 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 you had Stoops at at Oklahoma. Like those are the types of numbers that you absolutely love to see. And 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 as we're going on this championship run, and this is something that we talked about earlier in the year, you know, the things that are that that needed to happen. They're starting to happen. And what I love is they're on a consistent basis. It's not a an up and down or where they are playing down to the competition. They are absolutely going in there with full intent of just complete domination. Absolutely. As we bring back up the stats here, look, you know, Georgia's uh, given up an average of 201 total yards per game. That's, you know, a combination of passing and rushing, uh, which is first in the nation. Uh, they're fifth in the nation with 22 sacks. And really a, a downright scary statistic that I saw on Twitter yesterday, 109 quarterback hurries through six games. That to me, you know, is it, just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know, but through six games, though, they've outscored opponents 239 to 33 uh, with really, you know, take take six points away. And, you know, that's that's what the defense has given up. Twenty six. Uh, you know, but all the while, two top ten wins as well throughout the six games. So there's a, that you know that's your reasoning for Georgia being number one. If anybody has any questions, that's your reasoning right there. Right, right, you're right. And as we go back into the the brigade, uh, Jay Shipes mentions Pay Monken. Yeah, keep that man here as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, you know. Jay also mentioned being number one, holding it along with game days, constant exposure, sells itself, talking about recruits, of course. I, I think that's the case. Yeah, going into the season, I did not expect, uh, you know, Georgia to be, you know, a part of three game days, right, especially uh, not against all, uh, Arkansas and not against Kentucky. But here we are, <laughs> crazy year in college football. Um, you know, so, so what are your thoughts overall on the first half of the season? Um, uh, again, you, you, you come into the season with a couple of unknowns, right? 
Um, you know, how, how is JT Daniels going to play? How is this defense going to be? Um, you, you're losing a lot of guys in the secondary. Um, what, what are our running backs going to be? We're, we're out with George Pickens. Um, are the receivers going to step up? Those were a lot of questions that needed to be answered. And uh, they, they were answered um, with, 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 with flying colors. The receivers did a great job of, of, of stepping up. The defense has just played lights out. Uh, we, we are now starting to run the ball. Uh, and, and there was questions about JT Daniels. And unfortunately, he's been hurt. But guess what? There is not a lot of drop-off when you actually look at Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, we talked about it last week, has matured tremendously from, um, from, from last year. So if Stetson Bennett had to go out there and play against Alabama tomorrow, then um, you know I, I would feel confident that Stetson Bennett would be able to keep us in the game. The defense is going to do a great job of keeping us in the game. And then we will start to, uh, you know, j- we'll just get over the hump. Um, uh, um, and, and do the things that uh, we were not able to do before. Yeah, I know, you know, obviously that, you know, the reason being number one, obviously was Bama losing. And, you know, to me, I didn't see that coming, but I knew they had weaknesses. And I think Florida exposed those weaknesses. Uh, Texas A&M just, you know, just exposed it and, and came away with a win. Uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of comments here about Jordan Davis, and which will lead us perfectly into the next segment. Uh, look, you know, I believe you could actually see Jordan Davis become a Heisman finalist. And it's not that crazy to with that being said, you know, I, I think that there's an argument to be made for Jordan Davis. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he is completely steps up and he dominates the game. I mean, there there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, number one. Number two, he's, I mean, he, he's also been used uh, on offense as well. So he makes that much of an impact for the Georgia football team. And let, let's look at, he, he's a lovable, likable guy. I mean, and, and, and he's everything that you love about college football. Yeah, he goes out there and dominates, but he comes out there, he's got a smile on his face. You look at him, he prays with his mom, you know, b- b- before every game. Um, what, what, what's not to love about him? And then what's not to say, you know what, this is going to be an opportunity for a defensive lineman to be one of the first uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winners. Um, you know, he, he's everything that's right right now about college football. He's everything that's right about the Heisman Trophy. Absolutely. You know, there's a stigma that the Heisman is a quarterback award, right? And recency will tell, or, you know, recency bias maybe, um, you know, shows you that quarterbacks for majority have won it. Right. You look at what well, Devonte Smith being the exception, you know, outside of that, it was Derek Henry, I believe. So, you know, it, you just it's to me, it's just, you know, the, what what is the Heisman? Right. The Heisman is supposed to be your best player on your best team. With that being said, there's no argument through six games that George is the best team. And, you know, on defense, which has really been noticeably what makes Georgia the best team, who's the best player? You know, you could argue N'Kobe Dean, but the impact <clears throat> without stats, Jordan Davis is that guy. Because with Jordan Davis there, you automatically see two, two, uh, maybe even three linemen, you know, blocking him. You have to do that because you cannot handle him one-on-one. You also watched him run down a player from behind, right? I think it was UAB. <laughs> that just shows you just how crazy of an athlete this kid is at 340 plus. Yeah. You know, people look at stats and focus too much on stats. This is not the year for stats. You look at eye tests. There is no doubt about it that the best player on that defense is Jordan Davis because look what happens when he comes off the field. 
you know, this year may be somewhat of an exception where you have guys generating pressure with four. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Carter is a stud. Don't get me wrong about that. But the impact that you see Jordan Davis on the field, it's unquestionable that he's the best player on our defense, which translates to the best player on the best team. Hence, the reason why I feel like it's an uh, an argument for him to be a Heisman finalist. You know, there's a look around the NCAA. There's a bunch of good, you know, candidates here. You know, Matt Corral, things like that, right? People probably going to win the Heisman, in my opinion. But it's either, you know, what what criteria do you look at for this, right? Ole Miss is not the best team. It's not even close. Sure, he can throw up godlike stats, right? But what is the Heisman about at that point? Is it about stats? Is it about, you know, is it a quarterback? Is it a quarterback award? Is it a skill position award? There, you start to really bring up the argument there when you put in, you know, when you really de- determine and define what the Heisman is about. It's not the Maxwell Award. So, yeah. you know, obviously, look, you know, that's just my thoughts, right? Like you said, going back to these stats, right? You look at, like I said, 109 quarterback pressures, 22 sacks, right? Shutouts against Arkansas, shutout against Vanderbilt. And a lot of that, you know, you see Nicobe Dean, guys like Nicobe Dean get these stats. That's a testament to running free because of guys like Jordan Davis, mainly Jordan Davis himself. Uh, you know, clogging up the middle to allow Nicobe Dean, allow Channing Tindall, right? Allow uh, Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith to win their one-on-ones on the outside. That right there is the reason why you should see uh, JD for NYC. Get that in the chat, popping. You know, but I do want to talk more about, uh, you know, obviously Auburn here, right? Did Auburn beat themselves to some degree. I want to get your thoughts on that because I saw Bo Nix, he looked, he looked frustrated for one. And, you know, he was throwing in a lot of really heat-seeking missiles, basically, what it looked like to me. Did did, did, uh, did Georgia capitalize on Miss Q's from Auburn? Did Auburn beat themselves slightly? I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'll just say this. Auburn didn't help themselves. You know, Mike Bobo did – I think he did an excellent job of play calling. Um, the, the, the plays were there, uh, a lot of drop balls. Um, and, and I think that, uh, right before the half, you know, it's 17 to three. If, if, if Auburn scores, um, right there before the half, um, and then they come out and they have the ball, you know, who knows to say, you know, who, who's to say what the momentum shift would be, um, you know, and, and, and how the game would change. I still obviously think that Georgia would have completely dominated Auburn, especially in the second half. However, um, you know, there's just, just a lot of plays that were missed. But then, too, you have to look at Bo Nix. You know, after a, a bad play, after a drop, then he'd go 